try to look at yourself through the eyes of an actor who is doing the same action probably 300 to 400 times a night. The best way to do that is to give them a feeling of belonging. Coming up, we'll talk about what you can do to retain your haunt team with Travis Road of Reaper's Revenge. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is the fourth episode of our mini-series introducing the new Haunted Attraction Association board members. Here at the network, we connect, inform, and educate the industry through daily podcasts, a weekly newsletter, and original research. If you are new to the show, you can browse our catalog of over 600 episodes covering every topic in the industry on our podcast website at haunt.news. You can also leave us a shout-out or voice memo right there on our podcast website for a chance to be featured in the show. Okay, Reaper's Revenge started in 2006, and Travis is involved in most of the things that deal with employees. With a staff of 240 every show night, there's certainly a lot to keep track of. And you know, Travis was actually a founding member of Reaper's Revenge. We started with a uh, brush hog and a chainsaw and actually made the trails uh, and started this all. And unlike a lot of other haunters, Travis didn't start out as a home haunter. He started off in the restaurant business. We have a restaurant and uh, we decided we wanted to do something fun. Paul who was pretty much the inspiration to do this, used to go out to San Diego, and they had a haunted barn ride. And he thought that was a very cool idea. And uh, I, being one of his friends, we decided to start this. And he thinks that start in the restaurant business allowed him to form his leadership style of treating your team as a family. We all do every job. There's no one person that does one thing and does another. So we all team together. And I think that kind of pushes the the narrative towards the family team member sort of thing. Travis, give us the big picture. Tell us more about Reaper's Revenge. We're one of the largest haunts in the United States and we're in a relatively small market. We have 240 people every single night that are just out there to entertain you and make sure the show runs smoothly. I take pride in that. And, you know, we're going to pull people in from two and three hours away because of what we are. We, we are linear, so you don't get to choose where you're going to go. On the hayride, from visual to just literally sound to deprivation, even in some of our other attractions like pitch black we have deprivation and you cannot have all your senses and that does tend to mess with people so we get into that as well so you do have uh, different attractions like you mentioned you have your hayride and then you have the pitch black and the other ones you go through so it's a linear experience and i'm wondering do you change up any of those themes year after year or do you just change oh yeah absolutely absolutely we actually more or less, we add on. Okay. But we do do some changes. It just gets bigger. Yeah. It's going to get to be where it's two hours before I know it, but <laughs> just to go through. But no, it's definitely, we do make a lot of changes in, in different scenes. We made a very large change on the Hayride last year, and there's many more changes coming this year. I'm actually probably more than the last. So yeah. pretty excited. We will come back to that. <laughs> we'll come back to some of the changes that you're uh, looking forward to. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you directly, 
What kind of expertise do you feel that you bring to the association board? I don't think I add anything. There are so many talented people, but I will just say what I kind of have my expertise in is mainly employee relations and finding those people and finding them into the right places, knowing when to use them in dual roles and other things, and just kind of keeping that family um, together because you can ask somebody to come to work for you, but if you haven't talked to them for the last nine months, are they going to listen? What do you think is the biggest misconception for haunters when it comes to employee relations? Just to forget about them, to think they can uh, just have one animatronic to take the place of a couple actors. Um, I am lucky with our haunt. My partners with animatronics use them as a um, distraction for mm-hmm. for a real actor, and because the real actor just has so much more expression. How can we keep the actors engaged? I, I actually use Facebook to keep up with them within our actor and employee page, and we continue to do that. We have events. We just had a hockey game we went to. We sold tickets. We met there and sat as a crew. We have a bowling thing coming up later. We have a barbecue thing coming up later. We have our actor clinics throughout the summer. We have makeup classes. So we just try to keep it like something that just goes year-round. Let's dig into that. How often do you have events for your actors? Uh Usually every couple months. Anyone that's listening to this within the haunted industry knows that if you just don't talk to them until you know three weeks before the attraction and go, "Hey, how you doing? I miss you. You coming back?" It just doesn't mean the same. Mm-hmm. If you've kept up with them and been a part of what they're doing, you know, like their photos, like their things, you know, tell them happy birthday. It's all part of it. Tell me about your actor clinics. Honestly, our biggest goal is to try to make them feel more comfortable being uncomfortable. We just show that there's so many different personalities, so many race, creeds, sexuality. It doesn't matter. We all fit together when it comes to, I I call it Reaper's family. And it means something. Give me an example of an exercise that you'll do at a clinic. Basically, we kind of do the whose line is it anyway sort of thing (laughs) where we act out different things. We do the hookah, that kind of thing, to get people to actually scream and start letting loose, if you're familiar with that. And it makes them really come out of their box. And that's what we're trying to do. And we found people that could barely talk turn into some of our most fantastic talking characters. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of improv exercises. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Of the actors that you have that come for your season, how many do you think engage with you at these clinics and at the events you do throughout the year? Of our core, over half. So it really is a a quite significant amount of them participate. and, And you think that, of course, directly correlates to you getting actor retention. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing. And I have personal relationships with so many of my actors and it's just something I consider a family. One of the biggest issues this year, one of the biggest concerns, as we even heard during the Q&A at the State of the Industry address is staffing, of course. You can't turn the whole culture of something on a dime. You know, it takes a while to kind of get to a place where you're getting half of your team to come and participate in clinics and events. That's That's 
that's a huge achievement. You know, when you have so many people, you get half of them to come in. That's that's a big deal. I don't think a haunt could do that overnight. If there is someone listening who would like to develop this kind of culture that you have, how could they start? I, I guess you just kind of try to look at yourself through the eyes of an actor who is doing the same action probably 300 to 400 times a night. The best way to do that is to give them a feeling of belonging. My guy down here, he's putting in the effort. I'm going to do it too. I am a service person. They like consistency. They like to be recognized. They like to feel like they belong with something. And they do. And it, they understand if it's fake. Yeah. you know. And if we try to make sure that you know, they belong as a family. They give up so much in two months. They give up every weekend sores and bruises and sprains and getting punched and all this other stuff. It's really amazing. It takes that extra thing, and it's definitely not about the money. So they need to know that we're family. Ultimately, right, humans just want to feel like what they do matters, basically. And so especially when it comes to Honda actors, I'm wondering, do you do anything to illustrate that sense of purpose to people? I mean, making them feel like they're part of a family is one thing, but that's more internal. But what about right. external, like making them feel like they understand that what they do helps people uh, have, get a break from what's going on in the world, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. We actually, at the end of the night, we have bonfire meetings. We give out awards throughout each attraction. We recognize them. They can stay or go. They don't have to stay. But we actually rule through everything and, and give thanks to everyone that's there. And then we have our ending party, which is always very important to us. I think the concept of giving praise to a team member is pretty important. Can you give an example of how you do that? Most of the time they say this is for a person who has done this, this, and this, and very, very proud, and they come out and they do this, and then they call their name, and they, we make them in front of everyone do their whole skit. Mm. And then we all applaud them. Basically, I have five attractions, so I have five people who lead those attractions and I give them the stage, so to speak, at the bonfire and they announce the two best actors as they went through the haunt that gave it their all that night and exceeded their expectations. And so they get recognized that way and they get a patch that they can put on their swag or their you know, Reaper's gear or whatever they have. Are you at all concerned about any of the, the staffing challenges? Like, are you doing anything different because of staffing concerns? I feel that we are lucky in a lot of ways because of our family and people that tell their nephews and nieces and they come. And because we are, I feel like a, I don't know, more rural community, so to speak. But, you know, we do have those challenges, but we're, I think, ahead of the game. But all I can say is about trying to make these connections. Once you get somebody in, if they are a decent employee, you got to learn how to keep them. And that means learning about them and taking the time to have somebody just say, hey, who are you? Let's um, change directions a little bit here. I'd like to talk about the, the future. You mentioned previously you having some changes. I don't want you to give any spoilers, 
but can you tell me more like the genre of changes that you're looking at this coming year? Ah, we're just trying to improve. We're not uh, making it any smaller. We're actually making it a little bigger. We're extending our final scene. We're doing multiple changes throughout our five attractions, more overhead. So watch for that. And uh, some very new construction as well. So you'll, you'll get to see all that. And I can't wait. I mean, it's so much. We're actually going up there next week. <laughs> Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.